Hey girl, happy Tuesday. Thank you so much for coming back to today's podcast. My name is Isabel Clausen, the host of the Girl God's Got You podcast. And today we're going to be talking all about self-worth and where we're looking for approval. I think that this podcast episode is a wonderful one for the springtime as we start refreshing our home, our mind, our routine, as we start that kind of new start time of the year. I'm super excited for this podcast, but of course, before we dive in, I want to share a little bit of our intro segments. So to start off, I want to dive into the God's Got You moment of the week. Uh, For me, this last week, I visited my pop, my grandpa, for his 80th birthday. It was super fun. We hung out with my nana. We hung out with all the friends and family. Aaron and my brother came with us, and it was just such a great family time, and it was super sweet to celebrate him. It was a little bit colder, and it was snowing this last week in Idaho so that was chilly but it's definitely pretty dang warm now in Arizona so I definitely am always reminded of how much I like the warm more than the cold but nonetheless it was a really great time to have some fun family time and honor my pop's 80th birthday I hope that I get to live till 80 that would be very awesome Uh, And then on another lighthearted note, I would say my favorite of the week is this oatmeal bread that I've been making. It's an oat bread and it doesn't require any yeast or flour. It's definitely not the type of bread that you would just cut up and put in the toaster. You can put it in the toaster and I've done that and it's pretty good, but it's very crumbly, kind of like a cakey type of consistency, but it uses oat flour, just normal rolled oats, you use a cup of yogurt, you use an egg, you use some baking soda, baking powder, some honey, all that stuff. I substitute applesauce and coconut sugar for the coconut oil and honey just to have it um, a little bit on the lighter side, but it is so delicious. It's kind of like having an oatmeal cake sort of that I have in the morning. I like to think of it as oatmeal more in a dense form, a good way to still have oatmeal without having to make just a normal bowl of oatmeal, but that is my favorite of the week. Really random little food favorite but I love adding chocolate chips to this because it's a great way to have breakfast and dessert and a snack all in one so I have the recipe linked in the show notes below it's from the blog mind over munch and I used to watch their youtube channel a lot when I was younger for healthy recipes and I absolutely love this oatmeal bread recipe all right so the god's got you statement for this week's episode is this god's got you because he will help you find your self-worth in him again He will help you look back to him for approval. I think so many times in life we struggle and think, okay, I was looking to God for approval. I did put my self-worth in him. I was really healthy for a while, but I've fallen back down. I'm not putting my self-worth in him. What do I do? I feel like sometimes when we fall down, it's hard for us to get back up. But God wants you to get back up. He's running after you. He's chasing you. He wants you to come back to him. And so just know that even if maybe you've gone through some seasons recently where you haven't really been putting a lot of your self-worth in God, he's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. He just wants you to come back to him. And so that's what I'm really excited to share more about in today's podcast episode. And to start off the topic for this week's episode, I want to share the quote of the week. It's by C.S. Lewis, and this was one of my favorite quotes in high school. I thought about it again, and I wanted to share it on the podcast today. The quote by C.S. Lewis says, If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. When C.S. Lewis is talking about this other world, it kind of paints the picture that we were never created to put our self-worth in things that are not God. That's just not how our spiritual and mental emotional state was created to be. 
We weren't created for satisfaction in things that are not God, but we were created to look to God for satisfaction. When we look to these other things for satisfaction, it's kind of like fitting a square peg into a round hole. It's not going to work. And that's why we run into so much difficulty when we place our self-worth in the wrong things. Because we were not made for this world. We were made to be in communion with God, connected to Him, and depending on Him. And so for me, when I'm struggling with my self-worth, there's a couple things that I know I default to look for approval in that are not God. These things are looking for approval in other people, looking for approval in what I look like, and looking for approval and self-worth in my performance. Those are the three things that I struggle with when I'm not putting my self-worth or looking to God for approval. I'm doing it in these three different ways. And I think it's really easy for us to look for approval in things that are not God because they give us instant gratification. We can see these things, touch these things, feeling like they're right here in our reality. But with God, we can't touch him, we can't see him, he's intangible. And sometimes gratification is an instant with God, it's delayed, it's a journey. But as the saying goes, good things take time. And personally, I believe that it may be more work and more energy to depend on God for self-worth and to look to Him alone for approval, but it's worth the energy and it's worth the time because we're receiving something that's lasting. We're receiving eternal satisfaction, not something that's fleeting and something that's limited. And so this podcast episode is going to be diving into what can you do when you realize that you're looking for satisfaction and approval in the wrong places. What can you do? Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's really easy to run the race for God and we're overcoming hard things and we're putting our self-worth in Him. But life is not a destination, as we know, it's a journey. And there's going to be times in our race for God where we're going to fall down, we're going to stub our toe. Or we're going to trip and totally eat it. But you know what? Just because you fall down doesn't mean you can't get back up. You could always get back up in your race for God. Now I want to share a little bit of a story to paint this analogy. It was when I was a senior in high school. I was running in cross country. We were at the state meet. It was the last meet of my high school running career. And the starting guy pulled the trigger of the gun. I am pretty sure it was a fake gun. um, So that everyone could start running. And he pulled the trigger, everyone started running, and I trip right at the beginning. I actually have a video of it, and you could see me tripping, and I was so embarrassed. I was so shocked. I was just so mad at myself that I tripped literally right at the beginning of my very last meet of not just the season, but my entire high school experience. And for a second, I know I probably thought, okay, I'm just going to lay here, like I'm done. But no, I chose to get back up. And even though I was behind now, even though all my energy that I used and built up to have a really good starting point went literally into the ground because all my energy went into the ground because I fell down in the ground, I still got up and I still ran and it was not a good run and I was really tired, but I still did it. And I think that's how it is with our race with God. We could be ready for the race. We could work really hard. We could run really fast. But then, like I said, we fall down. But it's important to get back up because God isn't mad at you when you fall down. He isn't mad that you messed up. Yes, he might be a little disappointed, but he doesn't want you to just run away from him or just keep laying there. He wants you to get back up. And when I think of our self-worth journey and our approval journey, there's going to be times in life where we're feeling good. We know we're putting our self-worth in God. We're depending on Him. We're searching to Him for approval. But there's going to be times where we don't do that. We look for approval in the wrong things and we put our self-worth in things that are not God. 
And we have to watch ourselves and instead of giving up and saying, okay, I messed up, all right, I'm not good enough. No, you stop and then you choose to get back up and run the race for him. And so this podcast episode is all about how to get back up and run the race for God, how to come back to him and search for approval and self-worth in him. For me, these are some things that I have done in the past that I want to keep doing. These are some different things that I want to start and be better at. And I hope that this podcast is just helpful for you if you feel like you need to work on putting your self-worth in God. So to dive into the couple things that we could start doing to look for satisfaction in God, number one is don't be so hard on yourself. Recognize what you're doing and then reframe. For me, when I realize that I'm not putting my self-worth in God, my immediate emotion that I go to is guilt. Feeling bad, feeling ashamed, thinking, oh my gosh, I know better than to not put my self-worth in God. I know better. And I talked about this in my previous podcast episode. But you know what? The best thing to do is to say, okay, this happened. I'm human. I am not perfect. And sometimes I'm not putting my self-worth or approval in God. And so you need to just understand what you're doing and then reframe, choosing a get up after you fall down in that race. Understanding that life is not perfect and we cannot be perfect. We cannot always put our self-worth in God all the time because we're human. We're not Jesus. It'd be great if we were perfect like Jesus, but we're not. So I'd say the first thing to do is don't be so hard on yourself. Show yourself the same unconditional love that God shows you. And when you work from a place of love, it's a lot easier to get back up than when you're working from a place of guilt. And so the second thing that you could do is after you understand, okay, I recognize what I'm doing, I want to reframe, I challenge you to form a new pattern. When you catch yourself seeking approval in the wrong areas, think about something different. Think about a Bible verse, a worship song lyric, a favorite memory, telling God, thank you, God, or I love you, God. Redirecting your attention to something good is a great way to form a new pattern. So for example, let's say you're putting your self-worth in what other people think of you and you're catching yourself doing this. When you have that thought and you feel like you're doing this, stop and just say, I love you, God. Or stop and say your favorite Bible verse. One of my favorite Bible verses is Psalms 139 verse 1. Oh God, you have searched me and you know me. Stopping in a thought and redirecting it to something positive, whether it makes sense or not, can really help you form a new pattern in your brain. Or maybe you're comparing your body to someone else's, or maybe you're really obsessed with how you look or what you're eating. When you find yourself in this mindset, stop and say a prayer, or think about a special memory you have with someone, or come back to a favorite truth that you know to be true about what God thinks of you. It's the same with body image, it's the same with performance, it's the same with wondering what people think of you. Whatever you're putting your self-worth in, stop and direct your attention to something that is eternal, life-giving, and something that points back to God. There is this amazing book called Winning the War in Your Mind, Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life by Craig Groschel. And I definitely have quoted this book on the podcast before, but he has an amazing exercise all about identifying the rut in your thinking and then creating a new trench of truth with with God's truth. And so that's the same thing as I was just saying about creating a pattern. Once you find yourself having a negative thought, reframe and replace it with something that you know to be God's truth. There's a wonderful passage from this book. It's a little bit long, but I want to read it because it's really impactful. Craig says, For years, I overachieved and overextended myself in unhealthy ways, just thinking of myself as a hard worker. Finally, I realized what was driving me wasn't my work ethic, but rather a desperate need to win the approval of other people. 
I wrongly believed that my worth was based on what other people thought of me. I had to replace that lie with the truth. The truth, not just for me, but for you, is that our value is based not on what we do, but on who made us. This is from Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. That's why paintings that may look goofy to me are worth millions of dollars, because if they were painted by Pablo Picasso, the value is in the hundreds of thousands or millions. So if God made me, I have tremendous value, even if I don't have the value of other people. The truth, again, not just for me, but for you, is that our value is based not on how we feel about ourselves, but on what someone else will pay for us. This truth can be found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18-19. through 19. That's why a Lamborghini that might not impress you is actually worth $300,000. If someone is willing to pay that price, that's what it's worth. And if God paid the price of his only son for me, I have infinite value regardless of what other people think of me. The truth, not just for me, but for you, is that our value is based not on what we do, but on who made us. So now, whenever I think I need to impress people, I take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. The verb tense of take captive, in the original language of the Bible, implies a repeated and continuous action. This is not something you do once. This is something you have to do thousands of times in your life, maybe dozens of times a day. The definition of a principle is a decision you make once and then live by. Believe me, I'm not saying this process is easy. I am still tempted to believe the lies and I suspect you will be also. But these battles between our lies and God's truth are worth fighting. Because waging war, as I have been training you to do in these pages, is what will change your mind, redeem your thinking, and ultimately revolutionize your life. This passage by Craig Groschel is absolutely amazing. I really love the idea of taking captive your thoughts. It's not a one-time thing. It's continuous throughout the day. And so I challenge you, if you feel like you're putting your self-worth in things that are not God, anytime you have a thought that is of that topic, take it. Take that thought captive repeatedly and replace it with God's truth. Doing this over and over again will form a habit and pretty soon you'll find yourself putting your self-worth back in God's hands. So the third thing I think that we could do when it comes to coming back to finding self-approval in God is to don't think of approval as an all or nothing thing. Now I have a tendency to be very all or nothing with my thinking. I either have to care about what everyone thinks of me or I have to not care at all. I either have to put all my self-worth in what I look like or how I perform, or I let myself go and don't do anything at all. But that's not what life looks like when you're putting your self-worth in God. When you put your self-worth in God, you're knowing that your self-worth isn't dependent on something fleeting. It is dependent on His unconditional love and never-ending purpose for your life. But you could still care about showing love to others, having friends, taking care of your physical and mental self, being confident in your appearance, and working hard to spread your gifts to others, to share love, but also feel accomplishment. Putting your self-worth in God is not black and white. No, putting your self-worth in God is making Him the priority and then working hard in all of the other things that are still important to us. We can actually feel more fulfilled and have more overall joy when we look to God for approval and self-worth because we will have more joy and motivation that is based on a solid rock. We will burn out less and have fewer emotional breakdowns because we're putting our trust in God and running the race for Him. When we're running the race of life for others or for appearance or for performance, it's kind of like running a sprint. We could run super fast and feel super good for a little bit, but eventually we will burn out and stop running. But when we're running the race for God, it's a steady tempo pace that can go on and on for much longer. 
Putting our approval in God isn't an all or nothing thing. It's a healthy balance, but putting God first. When we're searching to God for approval, our life is steady and stable, and we can actually be stable enough to support things like family, friends, health, confidence, accomplishment, etc. Alright, the fourth and final way in today's podcast episode that I'm sharing about putting our self-worth back in God and looking to Him again for approval is to remind yourself that Jesus' love defines your worth. There's a great article from gotquestions.org that I want to read to you. Once again, just like the other passage, it's a little bit long, but I also think it's really impactful, so I want to share it today. The title of this article is, What Does the Bible Say About Self-Worth? The article goes on to read, The Bible actually has many passages that tell us what God has to say about our worth and our value in His eyes. Genesis 1, 26-27 says that we are made in His image, the very image of God. Psalm 139, 13-16 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and all the days of our lives are written in God's book before we were ever born, confirming God's prior knowledge and plan for our lives. Ephesians 1, 4 says God chose his children before the foundations of the earth were ever formed. And in Ephesians 1, 13-14, we're told that we are God's own possession, chosen for the praise of his glory, and that we have an inheritance in heaven with him as his children. But notice the wording in each of the above phrases are made, are fearfully and wonderfully made, were written, God chose his children, we are God's own possession, and we have an inheritance. These phrases all have one thing in common. They are things done to us or for us by God. These are not things we have done for ourselves, nor how we earned or deserve them. We are in fact merely the recipients of all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That last part is from Ephesians 1.3. Therefore, we can conclude that our worth is not really of the self at all. Rather, it is worth given to us by God. We are of inestimable value to him because of the price he paid to make us worthy, the death of his son on the cross. The Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is from Romans 5.8. In fact, we were dead in trespasses and sins, which is from Ephesians 2.1. What worth is there in dead things? None. God inputted to us his own righteousness. This is from 2 Corinthians 5.21. Not because we were worthy of it, but because we were unworthy, unlovable, and unable to make ourselves worthy in any way. But, and here's the miracle, he actually loved us in spite of our condition. This truth can be found in John 3.16. And because he did, we now have infinite worth. John 1.12 tells us that to those who received Christ and believed in his name, God gave the right to become his children. 1 John 1.9 tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we focus on how much God loves us and the price he paid to redeem us, we'll come to see ourselves as God sees us. And that will help us understand just how much we're really worth as children of the Most High God. Our self-worth is too often based on what other people tell us about ourselves. The one true authority on our self-worth is Jesus Christ. And since he gave his own life up for us by dying on a cross, that should tell us just how valuable we really are. I absolutely love this Got Questions article. I think it is so inspiring and really just a great way to start the week, honestly. So I hope you enjoyed that passage as much as I did. And as we end this podcast episode, I want to share a poem I found online by a woman named Shelley Hitz. And this poem is from a website called Find Your True Beauty in Christ. And it's a poem titled, Who Am I? 
and I want to read it for you today before we close off the podcast episode. So this poem starts out with saying, Who am I? My first answer would probably be my name, but my name does not describe who I am on the inside. I could then give the title of my profession, but that is what I do. I could then tell you I'm a wife, a sister, and a daughter, but those are my relationships. I ask again, who am I? I could describe myself as an extrovert and outgoing. That is my personality. I am organized in planning events, but that is a gift God has given me. I could describe my appearance, but that is not who I am either. So many times I have believed what others say I am. If I receive affirmation, then I feel worthwhile. However, when I receive criticism, then I feel like a failure. I have chosen to ride the roller coaster of emotions instead of believing the truth of what God says about me. I have tried to work harder to prove that I am worthwhile. Yet every time I mess up or fail, I am reminded that I will never measure up. I will never be pretty enough or talented enough. I will never be skinny enough or do enough good things of the church. I will never be a good enough wife or sister or daughter. But I keep trying harder and harder. I believe the lie that if I continue to try harder, I will finally be good enough. One day, God gently said to me, Stop trying so hard to prove yourself to others. Get your worth from me. I've already given it to you. Remember my grace. It's a free gift and nothing you can achieve by trying harder. Rest in my grace. You are working so hard to have a certain position in the eyes of others, to be well-liked and to have popularity. You want to be appreciated for what you do. But I want you to know that you already have an elevated position. Because you have a relationship with my son, Jesus Christ, you are a part of my kingdom as my daughter and co-heirs with Christ. Because you are the daughter of a king, you are given the position of being a princess. You are my princess, a royal princess. Remember that an earthly princess is not special because of who she is or what she does. She has status and position because of who her dad is, a king. She has royalty in her blood. You have royalty in your blood as well. You are the daughter of a king. And no matter what you do, your status will never change. I have chosen you and I have a plan for your life. I will not forget you and will be with you always. I have engraved you in the palm of my hands. Rest in the knowledge of who you are in me. Nothing else will ever be enough. You are my daughter and I love you. This poem was once again so uplifting and so refreshing and I'm so happy I found it and I hope that it was a great way to end today's podcast all about a couple different things that we could do to come back to God, find our self-worth and approval in Him again. Just to recap, the four things I shared is don't be so hard on yourself, recognize what you are doing and reframe. Number two, form a new pattern. Number three, don't think of approval as an all or nothing thing. And number four, Remind yourself that Jesus' love defines your worth. Girl, I hope you have a great week. I hope your Tuesday is going amazing, and I cannot wait to talk to you in the next episode. Bye, friends.